All right, I'd like to bring into the program Reggie Cicchini, who is our Global News Washington correspondent, and he always uh, seems to, um, you know, be able to provide some interesting perspective on what's going on in the States. Although sometimes, Reggie, I do get the emails that were bashing Trump when we talk together, but uh, I think there's a lot of things to be uh, judgmental on uh, when it comes to talking about Donald Trump. He's now talking about starting, you know, the process of reopening economies. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the specifics of what he's saying? Yeah, and I think it's fair to offer a criticism when a criticism needs to be made. And what the president is saying now is that uh, a series of guidelines will be offered to uh, states, to all 50 governors, uh, that will give them uh, essentially a phased and staged approach as to how they can reopen their economies, uh, starting from a phase one, which would uh, still enforce social distancing rules. It would still keep schools closed up to phase three, which essentially would be life returning to normal. It's unknown how long it will take to get to phase three. There are no timelines associated with any of this approach. There are also questions being raised because none of the guidelines that are put forward uh, call for any kind of broad-based testing, nor does it say there's going to be any oversight. So there are some serious questions as to what's going to happen when this plan is officially put in place. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they still have a massive problem with coronavirus south of the border. So isn't this a little bit too early? Well, look, yeah, the president uh, says that things are moving along rapidly and the numbers are doing OK and the testing is uh, is is, uh, you know, better than anywhere else in the country. And a lot of that is factually incorrect. Uh, the U.S. is very quickly approaching 700,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19. That's more than anywhere else in the world. Uh, they may have increased their testing over the last few weeks. It's not anywhere near where it should be because there was a failure to uh, put forth widespread testing at the very early phases of this outbreak. Uh, And while the president talks about a number of states having low cases, he is right in that. There are uh, less than a dozen states that are reporting less than a thousand cases. But it's also worth noting these states include Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming. These are states that have very small populations. They don't uh, provide uh, a significant uh, number when it comes to uh, providing things to the U.S. economy. So it's there's a question raised as to why the push to reopen these small states there's also a question as to how broad was testing in these states? Mm-hmm. Are the numbers underreported? And could there be silent outbreaks? This plan that you know Trump wants to start the process of opening the economies, he is uh, putting it on the over to the governors to make the decision. To me, that just smacks of him passing the blame. How much of this has to do with his plans for re-election? Well, if things I mean, go lo- south because you know his. I think his polling numbers are down. People are starting to realize that he is a massive part of the problem with coronavirus not getting a handle on warning the public and doing something early enough. And this is part of the motive of this administration. When things are going wrong, always put the blame on somebody else, whether it's the previous administration, whether it's Democratic governors, whether it's Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, whether it's the World Health Organization. Now that these guidelines are being put to governors, uh, the president says that he's allowing them to kind of work at their own phase. But this way, if things backfire, if cases start to surge again in the coming months, which we've heard from health experts, easing restrictions too early could lead to a secondary uh, surge. Then the president can say, well, these were my recommendations. They followed them incorrectly or they weren't paying attention to the data. This can be the governor's fault and he can try to absolve himself from any of the problems that come down the line. This is a pivotal thing for the president. The economy is tanking. We're in an election year. He needs a win. Uh, And so by getting some of these states reopened, even if it is possibly at an inappropriate time, he can say, well, I did what I was supposed to do. 
But Donald Trump is still rolling the dice here, right? Because if it turns out that, uh, if I'm reading correctly, a lot of the red states are the ones whose governors are probably going to go along with opening up the economy. And those are precisely the people that if they uh, if we see a big surge in coronavirus uh, deaths in those um in those states, that's where his base is. It is where his base is, and we're starting to see where some of those big numbers are and what some of the governors are planning to do, namely in places like Florida and in Texas and in Georgia, where restrictions either weren't put in place on time or they're still not in place, but they have populations that are essential to the president's reelection. They also have populations that are just older than the rest of America and make them more vulnerable, making it impossible for them to cast a ballot if they were to get sick or potentially die. We're already hearing now from Florida Governor Governor Ron DeSantis that some restrictions are going to be eased ASAP. Jacksonville, Florida is set to open up their beaches tonight at five o'clock. Yes, California is going to open up some of their beaches, but they've been put in a much better situation because they got a handle on this quickly and they put social distancing measures in place. Florida did not do that. They're going to open up their beaches. They say they will try to control crowd gathering. But at the end of the day, if a public space is open, you're increasing the chances of a spread of a virus. That, to me, sounds like a nightmare scenario uh, just about to unfold. Let's play some audio, because Donald Trump also has mused about reopening the uh, border between Canada and the U.S. Here's some audio from Doug Ford on that. He should say no right away. Until we uh, have this under containment, uh, we need to keep our borders closed. We need to make sure that at our airports we have the, the, the proper people there, at least asking questions. Yeah, he's taking a tougher stance than our prime minister. Uh, you know, how uh, do you think Justin Trudeau is responding? What do, what do you think of his response to Trump? Well, look, given the fact that Canada is a smaller country, it has a smaller population, it therefore has a smaller number of cases, it's still concerning for not only individual premiers, but for uh, for Ottawa as well, the fact that your neighboring country has the most cases of COVID-19 in the world, vastly quickly approaching 700,000, and reopening the borders kind of quickly uh, would pose problems for the Canadian government because you you potentially increase the chance of widespread cases starting to come from potentially asymptomatic Americans. But the border issue is going to become tricky for the president because you still have states like New York State and Seattle, uh, Washington State rather, that are in shelter in place and have closed down their businesses. And if you have to have travelers coming through your borders, which are in these closed down states, that creates more logistical problems. We also have the issue of the president made no mention of how he would intend to deal with the Mexican border or with travelers coming in from Europe. So this might have been an off the cuff comment. Look, he was simply looking at low numbers from Canada. Uh, But I think that these would be very early uh, and possibly inappropriate conversations to have at this moment. Let's just turn our attention to Joe Biden for a second. Of course, he is, uh, you know, uh, Trump's opponent in the upcoming election. Do we have any idea of how he's going to run his campaign now that we're in the midst of this pandemic? Well, look, I think that Joe Biden, now that he is the presumed nominee for the Democratic Party, is going to become more of a presence. He's already been doing more cable news uh, interviews with morning shows and with kind of primetime programming, building his profile and using this as an opportunity to kind of have a shadow uh, kind of task force on how he would be dealing with this and trying to reassure Americans. What Joe Biden brings right now, outside of being a presumptive nominee, is some empathy for Americans who are feeling nervous, who are still feeling scared and who aren't getting that 
a kind of sympathetic feel from the White House. And he's going to try to build himself a, a better profile with that. He's going to try to reach across the line to get people who may have been following Bernie Sanders, people who may be uh, stuck in the middle as independents, not sure where to go. This is an opportunity for him to raise himself up, put him at the level just below president of the United States and hope that that is enough to kind of carry him across the finish line to say in November, look at what President Trump did and look at what I was saying the entire time. Here's why I may be the better candidate. But how are the sexual assault allegations from an ex-aide going to uh, affect you know his opportunity of grabbing some of Bernie Sanders followers? I mean, you know, it's 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 I'm not in a position to talk about, you know, how this is going to impact Joe Biden's campaign. But you also have to remember what happened during the Donald Trump pre- uh, campaign. He was accused uh, on a number of occasions, both by women and by his own t- voice on tape of uh, sexually inappropriate comments. And President Trump still won the presidency. Uh, you know, anything can happen in an election year. And there are going to be opportunities to kind of go through the profiles of the candidates that are running right now. Uh, I just think that right now in in a moment of a crisis that's where people are focused on and if america can weather the storm and get through the crisis then they'll put the uh the backgrounds uh, and the details of the candidates back under a spotlight which can then give that to the americans and give them something new to focus on well reggie i appreciate your time thanks so much keep safe because i know you are in america's uh, capital washington dc thank you